Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. What's up, guys? Hey, welcome back. Part two. Part two. Uh, what is two? What is, <laughs> what is, what is, what is two-ness? What is two right? Uh, the theory of forms in Plato. So where were we? Uh, we ended by saying that there's one way of interpreting Plato where you think the theory of forms as a, as a realm is more of a metaphor for just the realm of ideas as in the things we think in mm-hmm. our minds, right? And so maybe he's just talking about the the way the mind works, the mm-hmm. abstract general structures of thinking. Um, and you don't think that that's correct um, because there is textual evidence to suggest that he does think it's literal, which I, I see too as well. Um, and then we said we were going to start to dig more into specific uh, things in the text that he says. Yeah. Yeah, and and we were saying, I, if I remember correctly, we were also talking about the fact that maybe there's some good examples of stuff that we can use to explicitly, yes, understand how is it possible that some realm of the, of the kind that we just have described could exist beyond, mm. beyond the mind, right? So one word that uh, in the very beginning, when you were like, oh, what are the, what are the regular things you would think about mm-hmm. the first thing i said was things aren't always as they seem mm-hmm. and the second thing was the shadows right mm-hmm. and both of these things clearly point to the allegory of the cave yeah we should talk about this a little bit sure um generally speaking i always introduce it the following the following way i always say this is a piece from plato of course from the republic that is there to illustrate the difficulties that people have hmm. understanding what it's trying to say. So it's 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 like a meta narrative in some it's, sense. It, on a level, that's what it's that it's saying. Hey, listen, you don't believe me when we talk about this theory of forms because you are in the shot. You're looking at the hmm. shadows instead, and you are used to the way things appear to you. But instead, if we look at reality, things are different. And then I introduced the actual mm. allegory. Do you want to go with to the description of it? So context also, it starts and they're talking about education. They are. Right? So he's talking to uh, Glaucon, right? Yeah, it's Glaucon. So it's, it's book seven. And uh, he's like, basically, consider our situation like this. Mm-hmm. And he describes something. It's not literally true. It's an allegory. So it's, mm-hmm. it's an extended metaphor. He says... And it's presented as an allegory. Yes. He's mm-hmm. like, this is an allegory. Mm-hmm. Well... Not literally, but you know what I mean. Yeah. He says, imagine you had um, people living underground in a, he says, a cave-like dwelling in my, mm-hmm. my translation. Um, and these people are chained to the spot. Mm-hmm. And they have things in their necks, which means they can't like move their head back and forth. So the only thing they could do is look straight at a wall in front of them. Um, and they've been there since birth. Since their childhood. Right? So since childhood. And they don't know 
anything else. And the other thing they can do is talk to each other, right? They can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and behind them, at some point, there's like a fire. There's a raised way. Raised way, right. The, the specifics yeah. of the, the, art, <laughs> what, the architecture of the yes. cave. There's a fire, not in front of them. Behind right? them. It's behind them. And this is kind of their only source of, quote, unquote, light. Mm-hmm. And things pass between the fire and them, which results in basically sock puppets on the walls in front exactly. of them, and that's what they see. Mm-hmm. That's the only things. Mm-hmm. And so, not only is it the only things that they see, but since it's the only things that they see, that's what they think reality is. Mm-hmm. And since that's what they think where reality is, that's all they talk about. Correct. Because all of their linguistic concepts would refer to that mm-hmm. as reality. And he, he makes it like a very specific, right? He says that there are these people walking by between, again, the, the fire and them. And there's people walking by, they talk. Mm-hmm. And the prisoners think that the voice comes mm. from the shadows as well, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They're identified. So basically, as you said, like their all reality is explained to them through those shadows. Yep. And then he says, well, let's imagine that somebody, some of them gets... Break free. Break free. And that we get this guy and we turn him towards the fire and mm-hmm. we have this guy seeing for the first time in the fire and whatever it's happening there. Uh, and then he says, well, what would happen? The first thing he says, like, his eyes will hurt. Yeah. And we'll be able to see well. And every time he can, he could turn around and look at the shadows again because that's what he used to. And he just, he just wouldn't be, would be confused by all this, right? It'd be, it's like, it's kind of like Descartes, the, yeah. but the proto version, like his world is shattered. Yeah. So he's like, oh my God, there's things? Yeah. Yeah. It's all that he believed all of a sudden is like, and he kind of makes sense of, wait a minute, this is this? Mm-hmm. Well, this voice, I heard this voice before, but it was there. All of a sudden, like things are changing. His whole belief system is shattered, as you say. But that's not it. Because mm-hmm. then at a certain point, as soon as the guy is not is in pain anymore, we pick and drag him out of the cave mm-hmm. to a steep and rugged ascent. Oh, yeah. I love the literary. <laughs> right. We bring him out. And then it's even worse. Because it's the sun. It's the sun, right? Yeah. And at first, he can look at the sun only by looking, you know, bodies of water mm-hmm. reflected there. And then this person looks around and he really realized that that wasn't true. And then he... He said that it's like he he would pity himself for the condition he was in before, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when he goes back, if he tries to go back, he won't be able to see the shadows anymore. So he'll be blind, according to the people that are living in the shadows. If you try to get him out, mm-hmm. people will say, "Well, are you crazy? I don't want to be blind just like you." And also, like, that's not true. <laughs> There's no other things. Exactly. What do you mean? This the, is this is reality. This you're, is it. You're insane. Exactly. Right. You're like you're just rocking the boat. You're getting us to believe the wrong things. Yeah. And they, he says that if they had a chance, they would even kill him. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. he's disrupting the norm. And you say, hmm, who is that a story yeah, about? Exactly. And it's Socrates. Socrates. Yeah. That's obviously Socrates. Um, and I think there are like so many levels of interpretation of oh, this. Oh yeah. And so many things that you can get out of this. That you know, I don't even think that the time that we have decided to allocate to this yeah. will, will last. I mean, there's stuff about education. Yeah. There's stuff about culture. Yeah. There's stuff about epistemology, mm-hmm. metaphysics. And, and I was saying, so probably the first level is, hey, you're resisting this theory of forms because 
of the fact that you're used to see things in a different way. Yeah, so it's different from what you know. Yes, and then there is the level, the literal level explaining the theory of forms, where the world where we live in is the world, is the shadows. Mm-hmm. And then there is a certain move that will make us understand that those are not the real things, but there are other things that are more real, which is the raceway, the fire, people going. And then there is the real world, which is outside the cave, mm-hmm. and that is the world of being, the realm of being, right? So that's another level. Uh, what else? There, let's see. So we said, so there's the figurative, the literal with regard to the forms. I always talk about just the nature of um, being open, mm-hmm. right? Because there's this idea that um, when the prisoner first turns around, like you said, he's in pain. Mm-hmm. And he he makes the ascent, but like so many times he's in pain. He's like, I want to go back, mm-hmm. right? I want to go back to what um what's comfortable, mm-hmm. the things I'm familiar with. And the point there is like you have to keep pushing yourself past that. And so obviously this is about education in general, but also philosophy yep. being this super hard and also theory of forms thing to do to understand. And you're mm-hmm. like, what is this? I just want to go back to my everyday way of thinking about yeah. things. It's like your student today. Like, I want to go back and not thinking about stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's a good one. That's good. I think so. I, I, I think that you're right. And I always say there's also the other level. Philosophy does this to you. Yep. And it makes you a stranger amongst your friends because then you're the weird one. You're the one that's nagging and being like, hey, no, this is not what it is. This you is think different. you're better than us. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's like accepting that role. It's painful. It's difficult. It's painful. Um, so, yeah, there's so many, so many. So and many then the, the ones relevant to most, what we're talking about is mm-hmm. the epistemology and the the metaphysics, which is, hey, our realm is kind of like shadows, which is um, a very sloppy, low-res image mm-hmm. of the actuality, mm-hmm. which is the realm of forms, yep. which is, you know, and, and the light is like, oh, you using reason and thinking to get yep. at these things. Um, but the issue I think that's interesting with the cave is that you can't actually access the forms. Mm-hmm. You can access, like, a, a concept of the forms. You can contemplate mm-hmm. those mental concepts, mm-hmm. but you can't actually access the forms themselves until you're dead, dead, like you said. Yeah. So, and you think, do you think that getting out of the cave symbolizes death or is that the contemplation Ooh. and this, and we're contemplating now nature and the sun hmm. and those, this is the contemplation because we cannot really access the sun and stuff like that. So I always thought it was the contemplation aspect. Okay. And I think this is, one of the textual things that makes you think he is just talking about mental stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because he's like, you can access the forms by thinking through reason. And you're like, oh, what do I think through reason? Universals mm-hmm. and concepts, mm-hmm. right? So that's one of those weird areas that seems to go against some other areas. So, and, and I agree with you, but I'm saying, so whenever he turns around and is looking at the things inside the cave, there's mm-hmm. not the shadows anymore. That's obviously not contemplation, right? That's not pure reasoning. What are we doing there? Is that opinions? Is that beliefs? Mm. I assume it's like... So you said you had that group of friends that you're kind of isolated from, mm-hmm. right? Because it's kind of... 
don't know, like dicking around doing mm-hmm. random stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like once you start thinking like this, you can't all of a sudden not think like that. Okay. And if you were to try to go back into that place, you would be like, I can't. What is. I don't even get it anymore. Yeah, this yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you say, you would say that, no, no, I think I was, so there's it's a, like, it's like development. Yeah. So you're, you're starting to move away from, you bring it away and then you go there. So that is, but you're saying that the, the fact that you can access it through pure reason kind of gives you the idea that those are mental stuff. It's one textual area where he, he confusedly makes us think it's that. Because mm-hmm. it's because it, he's saying like multiple different things, but this is one where it's like, "Hey, if reason is getting you this thing, I think reasoning. I think reason allows you to contemplate, mm-hmm. but not to fully access it. It's like looking from afar. Maybe you get close to it, but you cannot. That's. I mean, that explanation it. works if we're going with what we said before. I think. I think that's the way we. Otherwise, it's incoherent. Yeah. Um, so I'm wondering if that is the case. But again, if it is not mental, what is it then? What does that even mean? What does it, how, how can we even? Well, we, if it's what it's supposed to be, yeah, we can't know. <laughs> right? We can only have this very, again, low resolution look from afar. And we can be like, oh, it's kind of like this thing. But we can never, it's, it's almost like an in itself. Okay. Not exactly, not at all, but... There's that aspect of like whatever it is, uh-huh. it's that thing independent of your perception. It's so it is. It is Kant. It's not exactly Kant though, because for Kant, it he's not talking about some abstract hyper or whatever whatever uranium. place. It's more of like it's the appearance reality thing, mm-hmm. right? Insofar mm-hmm. as we are conscious and using perception, um, you can't touch something that's like. Mm-hmm. outside of perceivability. Mm-hmm. So this is in part why we can never know it. I mean, unless you could know it through thought if you were God. Sure. So the question is, is it a problem of type that perception can't touch this thing? Or is it merely a problem of scale that because of our limited, weak nature, mm-hmm. and if only we had you know, better reason and thought mm-hmm. like the God, we can, we can get there. Yeah. I'm wondering, well, and in that case, I, I don't know. I don't think he. Well, let's forget about this. Uh, I'm just. Well, think, so, what were you going to say? Because I was thinking something too. I was thinking. I don't know if he would agree with the sec with the scale stuff. Probably, I would agree with that too. But then there's stuff in the. Phaedron. <laughs> where he's talking about one that starts with F. <laughs> the one that there's one that Gadamer talks about in the relevance of the beautiful, where he talks about the idea of like riding in the chariots with the oh, gods. That's, that's the Phaedrus. It's the Phaedrus, right? In, yeah. in the in the realm of perfection. Yeah, with the, with the two horses. So with if the... the gods are in the realm of perfection, that does point towards that the, scale the thing. Sca- true, true. And and, but again, it's 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 kind of inconsistent. Maybe we're being consistent. Maybe as some suggest, like I had a, um, a friend in grad school who said he was being purposely vague, ob- obscure, and even seemingly contradictory at times, not because he didn't know what he was doing, <laughs> okay. but because he wanted you to sign up. 
for the academy. So <laughs> you would possible. be like, oh, I need to know this stuff. I have to sign up and like go to this place to learn. Um, there is like, there's an old theory that the there's unwritten mm. parts of Plato's that he purposely didn't write. Unwritten parts. So it's more mathematical. It's more abstract, even more abstract than, than what mm. we have. And this was like kind of divulgation that it was just... This was the popular stuff for everybody else. It's the mainstream radio yeah, hits. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm wondering if this distinction that we're making between mental stuff and uh, and uh, non-mental, like this this hypothetical mm-hmm. realm that exists independently from everything, I'm wondering if this distinction is clear. And I think that's when the number stuff comes. Oh, you had alluded to this previously. That I think comes handy, right? Because let's think of, have we done an episode on numbers? No, that was no, on the list, but we haven't done list. it yet. Um, so the question is, let's think about numbers. Let's think about, I always say, we use the number three. Okay. Let's think of number three. It's a good number. Decent number. Um, when we think of that, right, what do we think numbers are? Are numbers like in our head? Are they mental um, what can we call it? Entities, hmm. beings, or do they exist? Numbers and mathematics in general, without us, are they? Are they? Do they have an existence that goes beyond humanity, or no? What is this? What, what I think Plato thinks, or what I think, uh, or what the regular person would say? It's all three. <laughs> okay, so I know from experience that um, the ordinary person thinks that numbers are things in the real world. Okay. Because I remember being in chemistry class okay. in high school. Okay. And we that had fun. <laughs> we had this uh this teacher who is brand new. Mm-hmm. She was foreign. Okay. And we were terrible. Yes. Terrible to her. And even me, right? I was like not a bad kid, but everyone in this class—I keep hearing stuff. Everyone in this class was just—I feel so bad for this woman looking back. Because imagine like going to a class, Mm -hmm. right? Being like, I'm going to teach. Like, I have nightmares about this stuff, right? That like (laughs) crazy class takes just crazy (laughs) stuff, right? And this, imagine this happens to you with you know twelve and thirteen. And 14-year-olds. Just the worst monstrous group Mm -hmm. of people. Um, So we were just terrors to this woman. So oftentimes we wouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. what What she was saying just blatantly, openly, right? Um, And I remember during this, uh, I was talking to another kid Mm -hmm. about something that's quite philosophical, so it Mm -hmm. wasn't all bad. Um, Still. Still, and it's bad, it's bad. and I had had this thought, and probably many people come to this thought where I was like, what is, what is a number? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? I said, like, mm-hmm. what is two? And I, I took two pieces of paper mm-hmm. or two things on my desk or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was like, like, this, and I put them in front of me, and I was like, this is not two. This mm-hmm. is just mm and mm. Mm-hmm. But that's not the same thing as what two is. Mm-hmm. And then this kid I was talking to was like, what are you talking about? That's two. What are you, like, you're insane. That's two things. And I was like, no, I understand that you're conceptualizing that, but this is literally not two. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like I, was, I felt like 
trapped. Like I couldn't talk to people <laughs> because I was like, they just don't. <laughs> they don't get it. Understand what I'm saying. So most people, many people, do think that. Okay. Right. That a number is a thing that exists literally. So, so in the numbers world. are pretty much just labels for things. Mm, yep. Okay. Yep. Um. And then the Plato view. That's not what a number is. Yep. A number is not a physical thing. Your phrase that mm-hmm. I love to use, you can't bump into... A number num- three. number three. <laughs> um, or any number, for that mm-hmm. matter. Um, it It is just something abstract. But it it's weird because abstraction kind of means mental, though. Yeah. So and there's a sense in which it is abstract and a sense in which it's not. Now, if we go back to the, the creation story... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In the Timaeus, he he talks about it in sp- uh, relation to proportion. Like he likes fractions. Yeah, yeah, he loves them. He talks a lot about fractions, and he says that like when the God was making our world, mm-hmm. he he saw this language. Like he took a handful of the same <laughs> and a handful of the different, and he put it together with a mixture of diff- uh, proportion and. He has, and I've said this before. He, if you look at the footnotes. Um, in the Timaeus of the the popular translation, he uses all this crazy math, but it seems like he's concerned with ratios mm-hmm. and proportion. So numbers are, I think, supposed to be ways of representing proportions that exist, not as physical things, but as forms, or at least as properties of forms. Okay. So they are not proper of the world of appearance, of the world of becoming. They exist in the world of being. They have to because the demiurge had access. Okay, this is the problem. <laughs> this is this is because how could something? Or are they the way in which we access the forms through numbers? Mm-hmm. This was my professor, one of my professors in hmm. grad school. He said, is the numbers neither he, of the two, but a means of access? He thought that numbers were the way in which we access this universal hmm. Can I ask thing. a follow-up? Sure. When you guys would talk about this, would he also say logic is a way of attaining the forms? Yeah. Okay, right, because it, it wouldn't make sense to not, because mm-hmm. it's just a subset of, of logic. But, um, but it was specific. Like, he was one of those people that think that logic is subjected to mathematics. So backwards? Mm-hmm. <gasps> yeah. That's insane. That's Sorry to your professor, but I think no, it's no, insane. No, no, I, we just all disagree with him. I, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he still, um, still holds that position. I'm like, no. It's wrong. weird because it's like it doesn't make sense without the concepts of being and non being and stuff. But anyway. We, we have had like 10 years of conversation about this. Uh, about no this way, thing? There's no way this can get. So, uh, so our number is access to the forms. They're not. Well, it's it's hard to believe in something mm-hmm. other than the two things we said, mm-hmm. right? You have things that are, things that are not, and things that become, mm-hmm. right? He says, well, and things that are not, but things that are not are not things, mm-hmm. right? So, out of things, there's things that are, which are the forms, and things that become and mm-hmm. change, which is like where we are, right? Mm-hmm. If those are the only two things, the numbers need to be the one. Math to... need to be one of them, and it has to be. No, it's the eternal one. Number three doesn't deteriorate; it's always three. Right, it never changes. Right, these are catapult. 
<laughs> it is eternal. It uh-huh. is true. Yeah. It has all the characteristics of the forms. Except you might be like, oh, the forms are structured in mathematical ways. I guess you can say that. Which means that numbers are even more. Higher. Are even more fundamental to the forms themselves which is how the demiurge was able to use mathematical ratios to structure the forms to make the realm we live in to use the language that we used in previous episodes the numbers are the rules of the game it's the metaforms yes yeah to, but also forms this is the problem. The forms are also the metaphors. Yeah, this is the problem I have also with being sameness and difference. So let's see if we can clarify this. So, of course, of course, and again, not equivalent, but metaphorically, let's think of it this way. Mm-hmm. Um, atoms okay. are, quite literally, the structure of reality. Yep. But they're also part of reality they are the form and the content exactly yeah and numbers maybe are the same thing in the realm of the forms and would you say that being would be in that category too because if they are mm. like being has to be in all of them so like being has to be a necessary condition for forms uh, right now, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're like, is there a form of being? Uh, but then, you know, the, the, I think that that is an essential property of everything. Sure. Okay. Not necessarily just of the forms. This, and this is a problem uh, Heidegger mm-hmm. focused on in the, I think this is the intro to Being in Time, where he says, like, the reason we I have... I refuse to remember. It's, <laughs> it's just wonderful stuff. He has a, an issue. Well, there is an issue talking about being mm-hmm. doing ontology um because you can't really um give predicates of being mm-hmm. you can't say anything about it because anything you say it's already, already is exactly and being is. is supposed to be over and above it is the intro unfortunately i do remember <laughs> it is the intro which is why maybe you know he like turns to yeah poetry and these, yeah. these things but um but I'm saying numbers. it needs mm. to be it needs to be being needs to be a uh, kind of the property of yeah. even the becoming stuff. Even the because becoming is dependent on mm-hmm. right becoming is relation in relation mm-hmm. to being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh God. So, but okay. No, but here's the thing, right? And then so we're saying the layman will say they're material stuff. Yep. Plato will say they're not they're this weird thing. What about you? What about me? Oh um I think they're ontological relations. Okay. Um, Explain. I think they are numeric, eidetic relations. Okay, so what I mean by this is you have logic. Yes. Right? I knew we were going there. And logic is the structure of... You could look at it in two different ways. Either uh, thought... Or reality as seen through thought, or as reality itself, right? These are three options. Um, I tend, well, I guess it depends on what day you ask me where I tend. <laughs> but the point is oh, that boy. I think logic is just the structures of one or more of those things. 
Um, now, there are different structures to the mind slash reality. Some of those structures are numeric. Already, the fact that we're already slashing mind and reality, <laughs> it's okay, guys. Dep- take your pick. Okay, right? okay. Some of those relations are numeric. Some of them are not. For example, modus ponens, mm-hmm. right? If P, then Q, P, therefore Q, right? That is a relation, a, a description of a necessary relation between, how would you say, I don't say beings, but like rules of things that are, right? Mm-hmm. Rules of being, mm-hmm. right? It's related in this specific way. Mm-hmm. If it is the case that if P, then Q, then if P were to occur, Q would also have to occur, right? That's just how it is. And that's numeric. And that, no, that's not numeric. That's a, <laughs> a non-numeric ontological relation. Whereas math is that, but in a quantitative, there we go, it's a quantitative form. So math mm-hmm. is one plus one is two where I'm not merely talking about um, the most abstract level. I'm talking about maybe one step down. Well, but P and Q oh, sorry. and all those things, mm-hmm. aren't they... Why aren't... You're saying there's a qualitative um, characteristic to it that numbers, the math doesn't have? Because math uses those things too, right? Math, I would say math has it, but also something else. Hmm. This thing is just that. It's almost like the, the, the quantitative part is accidental to the essential stuff, which are these ontological relations. Hmm. Right? It's like the chair versus red chair, right? Math is like a red chair, and then logical relations is just chair. That's fine. So this is, uh, this is a surprising uh, for me, to me, not that you think this, but I'm surprised about the fact that, and I'm not saying this is not justified, right, or anything like that. It's surprising because I think this is a nearer disagreement between the two of us. Oh uh, yeah, crazily enough, yes. Oh, because wow. Because I, I think that the two things are one and the same. So I disagree with my professor that says that math is more fundamental than logic. Okay. So he would say the same thing, the, the opposite of what you said. If the the red chair will be logic. Yeah, or the yeah, chair yeah. will be math. I disagree with that, but I disagree also with you. I think that they mm. are one and the same. Okay. And the only difference that we make is the use that we make of it. Okay. I think they're literally the same process. Okay. Can I give one thing I immediately thought of? Sure. As like a problem I'm seeing? Yeah. For why I don't think that's the case. Um, what is two? Is the number two? Yeah. A f- form? Whatever you want. Do you, would you? What kind of answer are you looking for? Um, does two does is two it, have a it, value? Are you are you asking me if two is logic or number? Just, or, just or math? Is, does two have a set value? A set value. Does two have a definite value? Uh, in the way we use it, yes. Right, like two ness means it's this yeah, quantity yeah, yeah, of yeah, two, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Does X have a value? Does P have a value? No, that's... Right. uh, Okay. The difference is, though, to you using the terms Mm -hmm. and asking for the value of the terms. Mm -hmm. Instead, the similarity, the reason why they're they're the same to me is the operational... uh, what can we call it? Terms that we use. The function? 
the functions that we use mm. within logic and math. Because that is ultimately what makes these two things are not the entity themselves, but the function mm-hmm. that we apply when putting these things in relation with each other. Hmm. So is that if then that is the same to me that as plus or minus, those things are the same or made of the same thing. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You think they're made of the same thing. I get what you mean. So the, the functions, the relation of the two, mm-hmm. it's like it's kind of – I don't think you can separate them. It's the same operation just seen from different okay. perspectives. Yeah, I guess another way of saying um, my position is that when it comes to mm, numeric logical relations, you're limited – to doing one kind uh, relations of one kind of thing, mm-hmm. but with logical relations, more generally, you could do relations with any kind of thing, numeric or otherwise. I, I don't know if I agree with that because again, yeah. I'm thinking of. Can I give an example real quick, and yeah. then you could sure. So, all right, uh, if I say use more exponents again, right? If p then q, p therefore q. If I go to the store, I'm going to buy cookies. I'm going to the store, therefore I'm buying cookies. Okay? But I could have said, if... Some, insert something mathematical, right? Mm-hmm. I think the point is, like, I could have put literally anything mm-hmm. for P and Q. Mm-hmm. But with math, I, I couldn't have put anything. I could only put those numeric values. Because I think you're thinking of just plain two plus two stuff. Okay. I'm thinking of equations and stuff like that. So you're introducing variables into math. Logarithms and all this kind of stuff. And this is why I'm saying they're the same function. They're the same thing. There's more elementary one and there's more complex one, but they're still coming from the same dough. (laughs) Okay, the same dough. And then my response would just be when math does that in like algebra – or, I don't know, insert like yeah. calculus or something. When it does that, it's, it's sometimes borrowing from the more fundamental thing because they'll say like solve for the value of X. And you have all the other values because they have a value, mm-hmm. but X doesn't have one. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what you're saying. This borrowing that you see, I see this as part the of thing. the nature. All right. Part of the nature thing. But, I, you know, it's uh, I don't see that. I guess it's just a matter of degrees there if you want. I mm. don't see that much. I don't see the, the complete separation of the two. That's, that's I, cool. I think that there is more. But why were we talking about this? Uh, we were <laughs> saying how this relates to forms. Like if there's a form for numbers, mm-hmm. um, numeric relations, and then if we're talking about logic now, if there's a form for logical forms mm-hmm. and... And those are the rules of the game, I was saying. Yes, yes. And you're saying logic is also part of the rule of the game. Yes, yes. Yes, I would agree with that. Because things can only, and this is true for math too, things can only ever happen through that way. Yes, so yeah. the question, I remember now. So I think that there is a case to be made to say that, for saying that math it is the form of forms, not the form of forms, the, the, the structure, the basic structure, if you want, they're mm-hmm. part of the forms, the thing that we were saying before, 
why logic might not be. I know you don't like to hear that. <laughs> Anthony was choking. I would <laughs> gasp if I didn't choke, yeah. Uh, and the reason I'm saying this is I think that while it is possible, there is a way of, there was a way of thinking that would say that while it is possible to think that logic, it is our specific way of accessing reality and the forms and things like that, math is independent from us. Why logic wow. cannot be. I'm making eyes. Um, <laughs> why? Because the, even the most... Uh, and Aristotle would not agree with this, by the way. Even the most general logical propositions yep. or functions, there's still ways in which the human mind functions and understands things mm -hmm. while it's not necessarily the way things are, per se. Okay. That's, those are mental. Like, again, you think the laws of thought are the laws of thought. Exactly. And not the laws of reality. Right. Yes. But you think math is the laws of reality? Well, math, irrelevant if I think that or not, but okay. while math, it's easier to see that as the law or reality. Really? Also, and not just thought. Okay. Two things. Number one, are yes. you pushing back as you or Plato? I can't tell right now. <laughs> Plato, Plato. Okay. Sometimes I'm not sure. So you... Don't I, think math is more fundamental. You think that Plato thinks math. Is I more think fundamental. that Plato thinks math is more fundamental. Oh. I, I don't know. I yeah. honestly don't know. I'm torn. So I, I had because to me the only listen. Yeah. The only way to me is like, I think math is fundamental to reality, but also because they're the same thing to me. Logic needs to be too. Yeah. Okay. So the two things are, but let's say, math is the horses. Logic is the chariot. Like the math is carrying, okay. is carrying logic into the real, into the reality thing, right? Okay. But I don't think the Plato would agree with that. I think the Plato would say that wait, that okay. you know, the, the the math thing is the real stuff. Well, that is the laws of thought. Because I was gonna say uh, those are imperfect. Those are imperfect. Oh, that's so bizarre. Um, because like two, uh huh, is two. Yeah. It's not three. Yeah. Right. So like the numbers are already following the laws of thought because numbers have an identity but we are unable to think them perfectly the way they are really and we make mistakes in thinking it that way so it's possible we, that numbers don't have an identity no numbers i know what you're saying numbers have an identity but it's not really an identity this is what they are and in order for us to understand them mm -hmm. we need to kind of subject them to those laws in order for us to understand them because as you said we cannot really we don't know are they okay question are they something they are they are so you know heidegger's thing that we read not too long ago yep. on identity where he says really the identical thing is uh, not the correct way of conceiving of it the equals thing mm -hmm. is not proper mm -hmm. He says, really, the, the word is mm -hmm. is the right way to formulate mm -hmm. it, right? So, like, A is A. So, two is two. So, two is two. Mm -hmm. And I guess my the follow-up I keep thinking is, like, if, if numbers are something, mm -hmm. aren't they those things that they are <laughs> as opposed to those things that they are not? 
I think that the answer that I can give you, because I am imperfect and I need okay. to use logic to do this, if yeah. I were Plato, would be, we don't know. We don't know. Okay. They are not accessible unless we're using mm. our logic, imperfect logic to do that. This is why when he says pure reasoning, pure speculation, mm -hmm. even when we think we're doing that, we're not doing that unless we're doing math. And so you think this is a, a Plato thing, not, well, is it? From the Pythagoreans? Yeah. Like, yeah? Okay. That's what I think it is. So this is another thing he's trying to yep. he wants, put together. He wants his numbers there. He wants yeah. his numbers there. So he's trying to really just like, there's all these different, th he's he's the original Hegel, right? Yeah. Like I'm trying to, to synthesize all these it things. It literally is. Hmm. Um, I, and I know that it's, this sounds like absurd or difficult, but I, I think that that's what he's saying. Hmm. I think that that's what he's saying, which means that Math is the fabric of reality, or reality with the capital R on top of everything else. Yeah. So not so much things are might not be. Well, they have to follow numerical structure in here too because they're mm. images, but they're imperfect. I'm wondering if there's textual evidence to support your position in Plato. Not so we're saying Plato thinks math is primary, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking there might be stuff to support the thing that you personally think mm -hmm. as the thing that Plato also also thinks that mm -hmm. they're equal. Mm -hmm. Because in the Timaeus it says like that the creator takes things, mm -hmm. right? And the things he takes mm -hmm. are not mathematical. Mm -hmm. But he arranges those things in into mathematical ways. But then he talks about the proportion stuff and this and that. Yes. So he like takes the, you know, he just has all these, the like, met, I don't want to call a metaphor, but like the same and the different. And he puts those things in relation, mm -hmm. right? Which means that they were not mm -hmm. originally in the relation. Yeah, definitely. So maybe the demiurge math, the logic is all in this weird third thing along with, here's one we didn't talk about. Uh, space. Oh yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have a good theory of space. Definitely not. Definitely um, not. He, he, I think the word literally translates to container. Mm -hmm. He says that space is a container where our realm exists, like the sensory stuff. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't think that space itself is a physical sensory thing. Yeah, it's, that's pretty. Con uh, can we say that expresses also the general view? Of the ancient Greeks in that case, that's what they thought was just this container where we exist. Yeah. But it's not. It's like this emptiness, this nothingness where we are in. It's like a container, which means it's a third thing or a fourth thing. Yeah, and you have to think that they need it, this needs to be a container because in, things that are infinite are not good. Are not, so it needs yeah. to be finite. Because the other alternative is to say, oh, no, no, it's not a third thing or a fourth thing. It's just, it's not a thing. But then you have the problem of it's not a, if it's not a thing. How could it have properties? Exactly. How could it be in relation with things? Exactly. I think that we need to, me and you, not with the podcast, don't worry, people. Uh -oh. We need to go and read some, reread some of the stuff. Like the okay. Teotitus is not one or one that could help us, the Permades, the Timaeus. Yep. There's a bunch of them. You get the Johnny Walker. <laughs> yeah. We, we got the it. Hendrix. We need a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, but that. They're not long. This is another thing, right? With Plato, and maybe we'll, we'll we can start closing this thing. Sure. Uh, with Plato, the thing is, is that you can read the dialogues. They're not. If you find a good translation, they're not hard. They're not super long. There's not something like 
oh, it's going to take me forever to read this. You can read Republic in what? Mm-hmm. Three, four days if you wanted to. Like all the 10 books or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you go by book, a book what? takes like a half hour to read. Read versus read. Yeah. Right? But then there's some dialogues that are very, very hard. Like the one that we're talking about, the Permedes, the Tetitis, the some parts of the Republic. The Timaeus is hard. The Timaeus. There's some like I think the Philebus is weird because mm-hmm. if so like so much of it is being like wait wait what did they just say <laughs> exactly. and exactly. you have to be like Whoa. yeah exactly. But the, I think the Plato is a good starting point for the yes for the new philosopher or yep. for, for the amateur right. Yep. There's something that you can start in that you know you want to start with. Uh, easy one the apology the euthyphro the, the euthyphro the symposium and stuff like that and work your way to the ones that we have mentioned so if you're interested in these things just don't go and grab the permanies by yourself no because that will turn you off he did, he talks about ethics yeah right like there's simpler things yeah yeah they're, 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 there's like so many and Hope you yeah. encounter these these questions that are really simple but profound right correct like, do the gods like something because it's holy or is it holy because the gods like it? And if you yeah. really contemplate that, you're like, oh, what he's saying is do the gods come first and they make goodness or does goodness come first relating to a mm-hmm. form discussion and then the gods come after? Yeah. And so you see a ton of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, allegory of the cave, yeah. right? Good place yeah. to start. Yeah, definitely. Then there are like, the other ones that are fun. I think the Mino is fun. Kind oh, of. yeah. How could we have forgotten the Mino? That's a good one. Uh, what is virtue? Can yeah, it be taught? Exactly. The, the, the Protagoras. And all Except this. the Mino gets into math stuff, too. You see? It's where everywhere. He's, <laughs> where he's making the slave, like, draw a square and then, like, cut it into four pieces. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, that's the Pythagoras stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a good starting point, despite the the, 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 the difficult discussions that we have had. But we're having this difficult discussion because we're talking about the dialogues are probably one of the most difficult. I think, what do you think is the most difficult one that you have read? The most difficult one that I have seen? I'm thinking maybe the Timaeus, just because it, it like really makes you be like, how does this work? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what is this creation? And how does this, how can you relate the forms and the sensible in this way? That's my f- first thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I was looking through the Parmenides, I'm like, okay, this has to be up there. Yeah. Right? So the Timaeus and the Parmenides. To me, it's like definitely the Theotetus. Okay. Like That's def- the hardest one. Definitely. It's mm-hmm. the one about science and stuff like that and mm-hmm. knowledge in general. I still have nightmares. I uh, I used to have this this the version of it with the Italian on one side and the Greek on the other side and the cover mm-hmm. of it is red. Mm-hmm. And I remember like hating this <laughs> doing this like gee why why are mm. am i am i doing this wasn't even for a class just because you know just because. it was part of the project of finishing the mm. dialogues it's beautiful but it was so painful just like the guy that turns from the shadows to the to the fire that's it right we're that's doing it. the thing exactly exactly well i think this is it but not it yep if you have not been completely turned off by this exactly. you're still listening at this point exactly exactly uh we are done with this we'll do something less technical probably next time we sounds should, good we do this once in a while right we had yeah, the so. one yep. this one yep. so all right see you later see you bye